Thank you. This is, uh, this is going to be a little bit different, I think, today. So Rob uh, invited us to come and speak. Uh, so it's a real privilege, but uh, it's not going to be a standard sermon, but rather we're going to share uh, what we're up to, uh, because we're leaving uh, Jubilee Solihull, and we're going to go and join and help out uh, with a small, crazy, chaotic little church called Crown Church in Le- uh, Leamington, an area called Lillington. So going to share a little bit of our story with you today. Um, and I do want to take the opportunity of this, this talk to say a big thank you uh, to you all as well. Uh, so just going to share a load of the values really that we want to take with us, um, some of which we started to uh, grow before we joined Jubilee Solihull, but many of which have been really cemented in us over the last four years. So I hope it's something of an encouragement to you guys as well. And um, I've invited my wonderful assistant up here. It's very much a, 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 a family mission that we're going on to here. So I wanted Sarah to uh, maybe introduce, first of all, and tell you what is Crown Church that we're going to and how on earth did this come about as well. So Sarah's going to kick off for us. Okay. Um, so just a bit of background of how we ended up being linked with Crown Church. Um, not very good with microphones. Um, so for the last year or so, God's been kind of gently prodding and hinting and poking and making us feel uncomfortable. And we've been aware that we're not going to be here forever and that at some point we were going to be doing something back in Leamington again, um, where we come from, people who don't know. Um, and we just had this growing feeling, but we had no idea of anything that we could just go and be part of. And we didn't feel like we're in a place to go and plant a church from scratch so we didn't really know how that was going to play out and then in the summer it all started happening we had a night when we were on holiday where both of us had a dream about getting a new house on the same night Um, and they were both houses that needed loads of work doing to them and we're in a bit of a mess but they had some things about them that were really great and we completely felt that God was saying it was time to start looking for a new spiritual home and that he was going to be moving us somewhere and that he had job for us to do there. So that started the whole process. Also in the summer, I met up with a friend who became a Christian a few years ago, and she moved away from Leamington, but she told me that some of her friends in Leamington had become Christians through this little church in an area called Lillington. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, I haven't heard about this little church. And she said, oh, it's amazing. Their whole family have been really impacted by this church. There's ex-convicts, alcoholics, and they're really getting in there and helping the whole family to sort their lives out. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. you know." And then I seemed to have this week or two where it felt like everywhere I went, I was hearing about this church that I'd never heard of before. So, you know, friends, relations, even a waitress in Costa, you know, they were telling me about this church and different things about it. And one of them told me that the man that runs the Christian bookshop in Leamington had moved to be part of this church from a big church. I thought, right, I'm going to go and ask him about it, see what it's like. So I went to see him and I said, he vaguely knows us, and that we've been wondering about moving back to somewhere in Leamington and just asked what this crown church is like. He got very excited. We've been praying for people to come. And he said, he described it as, it's a little um, meeting in quite a deprived area um, in a community centre. Majority of the people aren't used to going to church. There's a lot of non-Christians, a lot of new baby Christians. And 
they don't know how to behave in a normal church way. So you get people arriving at whatever time and wandering in and out for fag breaks and kids on wheelies going round and round and people calling out questions in the middle of sermons and it's absolute chaos. But you can't deny that God's there and these people's lives are being changed and it's it's really exciting just to see that and be part of that. And it's it's quite amazing actually that all these different people from quite troubled backgrounds, there's kids that come by themselves with no parents, you know, just from the estate whose parents were on drugs or whose parents were in prison or and it they they're part of it. They're part of the family and everyone's really valued. Um one of the first times we went, we were welcomed by a new Christian who didn't know who we were and just said, oh, hello, welcome here. We're, we're a warts and all church. Everyone's welcome here. You know, come and come and be part of us. And it it's totally different to anything we've been in before. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's great. Um, a big part of who they are is very much the outreach side of things. So every month, the first week of the month, they do this outreach event called LOL, which is Live Out Loud. Um, <laughs> I think we've got some photos that are going to come up at some point. But they basically invite the community and they have crafts and games and quizzes and um, some worship and puppet show and a Bible message, a gospel message. And then at the end, they feed everybody and they get between 80 and 100 people coming along to this every month. So it's quite a big thing. The people in the area know about it. Um, yeah. It's quite exciting. It's quite, it is quite little. The core of people who do things that are actually mature Christians is quite small. So there's one worship group that play every week. There's two kids. Well, they've just gone to three kids groups that the leaders lead it every week. You know, it's, oh yeah. And, um, we've been told by quite a few people they've been praying for the last two years for a youngish couple (laughs) who have had some leadership experience and play the keyboard can do kids work and can preach so it's like mm, interesting so yeah that's a bit of who they are so we're just testing the preach bit today to see if uh, we are in fact those people Honestly, it's quite hard to uh, to say how crazy it is there. Um, so well, they are getting people in, and that's amazing. They're like a front door. They don't know really how to build people in and, and how to do church uh, in lots of ways. So that's our heart. Uh, let's go and help with a lot of that. Uh, I wanted to just talk through Isaiah 61, a passage that we know really well as a Jubilee church. And this is going to be something of a shock for us. We've been in three Jubilee churches over, gosh, uh, 16 years or so. Um, no, and the rest, 20 years. Uh, so it's going to be uh, something leaving a Jubilee church, but Crown is also in Isaiah 61. So that's quite exciting. So the the font is a little bit small up there, but I wanted to read this. This uh, resonates in a new way as we go to a deprived area, really, of, of Leamington. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, 
for the display of his splendor. As I say, as a Jubilee church, it's a familiar passage, but just wanted to uh, revisit this as our commissioning, as our calling, really, and just start, I guess, with the, the first line, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. I'm going to do something that's um, probably a little bit uncomfortable for me, but just to share a bit of what I think our calling is. Um, I don't know when, when you read that passage on, on what this, this term anointing is. It's a very Christian jargon word, and I've heard an awful lot of sermons on it over the years. But fundamentally, it's about put, the use of oil to put on someone, to anoint them, to set them apart for typically divine office or maybe to be a king. So often a picture used of the presence of the Holy Spirit on someone, this, this term anointing, this picture of oil glistening on them is, is a very practical picture of the Holy Spirit. But I've always had a little bit of a challenge with this verse, and uh, Rob can tidy up all my theology afterwards. I'm just going to speak from my heart. But I've heard people preach on this as a an anointing is a, is a one-off event. It launches you into ministry. And yet we talk regularly about wanting more anointing and uh, want to grow in the anointing and, and all those kind of things. So which interpretation is it? I'm going to take both today. Um, so we're going to start looking at both of those because this is where the commissioning starts. First of all, this whole idea of a one-off anointing. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord has anointed us and it's, it's something that's happened is it's past tense it is complete and I was thinking about different pictures from the Bible there's a, a verse in Ephesians 1 which talks about us being uh, saved and and coming into our inheritance and it describes it as being sealed sealed in the Holy Spirit very much like uh, you know if you, you go back into the olden days and the, I know Chris Spice was talking about envelopes last week but a letter putting an envelope and sealing it with the king's signature. That's what the Holy Spirit is is like for us. And so I've been thinking about a lot of our journey over the last four years and some of the things that have been quite key for me that are sealed in me are around identity. And we'll preach about a number of these and there's a whole series of sermons online about this and I just can't go into, into too much detail. But two things I want to say that I guess is sealed in me as a result of being part of Jubilee. Number one is one of royalty. We stand here uh, heading out of Jubilee Solihull with our heads held high as royal um, royal people because God has called us to be his children. Royal people that can stand and we don't have to go and ask permission because we know what God has given us. We can stand with authority. We can stand and declare freedom. Why? Because we are royal. So this is one of the things that's really been bedded in, into our hearts. The other is probably to be a child of God uh, more than ever before. Uh, I know that I can step straight into the presence of Almighty God. Um, I'm sure he's very busy running the world and keeping the universe spinning, but I can go and jump on his lap. To be a child of God is just quite an amazing thing. That's a one-off thing that God has sealed in me that I can stand on regardless of what the weather's doing outside. I could keep going on that. I have to, to move on. But I wanted to then say those, those are things that are general that we can all claim and we can all declare. But for us specifically, I want to um, 
So what we feel called to? A leadership anointing to bring the presence of God wherever we go. It's a Marshall family mission. To proclaim the gospel with signs and wonders following. We haven't got a great track record of that yet. That's our calling. And the third aspect of our calling, we said we want to laugh a lot along the way. So it's a bit more personal, but I wanted to stand and say what we think our calling is. Uh, Why? Because it's been a real battle for me. Okay, and um, I've been embarrassed about my calling. I've doubted it. I've shied away. And I want you guys to know that actually the devil really does fight against your calling. He does want to shut you up. And I want you to all kind of just share. You know, we've got to this place. I've been looking uh, or listening to prophetic words from years ago. Actually, as long as 2009, you know, it's actually quite a long time ago now. They were saying, it's all about your calling, John. I didn't really know what that meant at the time. It's all about your calling. It said, no more doubting. Well, it's taken a lot of encouragement. And I want to say thank you for that, right? Four years of you guys relentlessly encouraging us. That I can stand up and say this now before you. I hope it doesn't. I know you guys. You won't come across as arrogant, but it's, this is a bit of me trying on my anointing and my calling. Um, thank you. So thank you. Right, we're standing here heads held high because of what you've put into us. So I encourage you. You know, stand strong in your identity. Speak it out to one another. Don't get distracted by doubt. Uh, so cheer you on in honouring the gifts in others. So that's why I like that interpretation. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me. That's something that is unshakable. On the other hand, you know me very well. I like the more aspect of the Holy Spirit as well. I like the, the fact it's the Holy Spirit on me. That's not just a one-off, right? That's a person. Holy Spirit is here. Uh, it's a very real relationship and a very dynamic presence. So I'm going to steal a, you know, you know the picture from Psalm 133. Steal that picture of, of anointing with Aaron there. And they talk about the picture of the oil poured on his head, poured down his beard, right down to the, the edge of, what's it say, the edge of his, his garments, the collar of his robes, it says. And uh, I just love that. It's something, again, that I've uh, enjoyed over the last four years is discovering a God of abundance. You know, the anointing, you know, I'm sure it would have been fine to put it just a bit on your forehead. But no, that picture is one of head to toe covering in the Holy Spirit. This is our God, completely over the top, completely saturated. And we're going to need this. We're going on a daunting challenge, but we're not doing this in our own strength. And it's very, very exciting. And uh, I just want to commend you on your pursuit of his presence. Rob has even said that this morning, to make his presence a priority. Um, And it's just been a privilege to be part of that. It's been a privilege to be part of this worship team. It sounds ridiculous, but they love to worship. I'm sure sure other places you go and don't love to worship. They're the real deal. And it's just been a privilege. It's a privilege to be part of a church that uh, has had prophetic words that say, you're called to outrageous worship. Don't, don't lose that one. Go for outrageous worship. To be part of a church that had to launch a prayer meeting called Thirst. You have to get into the presence of God. This is all good. Uh, culminated with this, the value of passion. Um, 
Yeah, great. Uh, and just contrast with where we're going then. So at the moment, it's quite evangelical in style. Um, evangelical in quotes three songs and sit down uh, and yet even the the other week Naomi comes up to me and says dad why are you crying <laughs> well God's here you know it's expressed in a different way to how it is here but it's uh, very much sing your songs and sit down and, and but God's there and um, we've had the privilege obviously of talking to the leaders of, of this church and, um, and Rob was Challenging us, to, challenging us to be somewhat bold. And so we went and said, look, we need to warn you who we are and what we come and what we bring. And when we see your meeting, we see the presence of God there. We see the Holy Spirit who wants to break out. We see the Holy Spirit that wants to heal, to refresh, to fill people up, to set people free. And they, their response was, was humbly. He said, that's what we want, but we just don't know how to do it. Um, it's going to be challenging, right? But that's what we want to go and bring. A lot of that presence of God. One of um, the dreams that Sarah mentioned that we had uh, last summer, mine was uh, of a, an old house that needed lots of work, but the central focus of the house was a swimming pool upstairs. And it's only this uh, this last couple of weeks that I've realised that that swimming pool, I mean, in my in mind, it's so blue, it's so beautiful, it's so pristine, but it's unused as well, and it's the focal part of this this house. So there's you know a picture I'm going to go with. With the Holy Spirit is there in their church, and we are hopefully going to show them how to dive in. So very exciting. So the Holy Spirit is on me. Um, it's, it's such an important value for all of us, isn't it? We we want to take that with us. Very very exciting. Oh, just kidding. So to whom are we going? Again, apologies, the text is a bit small on the screen. If you want to go on to the next one. We're going to a hurting world, right? I I couldn't believe, actually, uh, it's been an eye-opener for us in, in Leamington, you know, a well-to-do area, we, we thought. But just in terms of, list, let's list these poor people, both physically and spiritually, broken-hearted. We've got captives. Captives is such a... A good description of those in debt, mental illness, spiritual oppression, drugs. I don't exaggerate, uh, quite something. We're going to uh, prisoners, um, actually, literally with physical ones there, as well as obviously spiritual. Uh, those the mourning, brokenhearted, the grieving, those in ashes, as it were. Those are not just the non-Christians either. Um, so the Christians need need a bit of help. So we're going into a, a messy environment, actually. Um, no nicely ordered to-do lists and everything sorted. I I, um, I made a list of, of categories of people. I wasn't going to do this, but the rich and the poor, the Christian, the non-Christian, those that worship in silence, those that boogie with their Zimmer frame, um, the middle class, the smelly people, and God forbid, even smokers uh, there as well. Um, I don't know why smoking is always used as an example of heinous sin. But anyway, <laughs> we have smokers in the church as well. So it's going to be a bit different. Worship times are just um, going to have to think a different way. Kids off the estate. You know those those shoes that come with wheels in the back of them, Heelys. It's whizzing around. And, and at the front of worship, this is, this is outrageous. This isn't very respectful. But 
what do you do actually? We're going to welcome lots of people. What kind of, what is order according to God? So very silly, simple example. Um, but uh, a lot of defaults are going to be challenged for us, I think. But uh, for me, it's an answer to prayer. Um, I've been praying for just the ones and the twos that we can reach. I don't know about you, but I, I watch the news and I can't really cope with it. It's bad and it's bad on a scale I can't quite cope with. I've been praying for ones and twos, uh, handfuls of people that we can reach and really make a difference into their lives. Um, and I know I listened to Chris Spicer last week talking about, you know, pray for three friends. Actually make it very practical, very tangible. Um, and Sarah Crittenden over in South Africa, and she shared as well, she shared about stop for the one. Um, and, the you know, it's the ones and the twos that are valuable before God. And that's what I've been praying for. Um, and that's what we're going to be able to go and, go and do there. So for me, it's an answer to prayer. Um, go and be, well, we're going to do what we do. We go and bring hospitality, um, go and have a lot of fun, um, and get to know people and just reach them. Uh, speaking to their lives so hard to explain in some ways you know that that Leamington has just remained on our hearts through this time in Solihull and that might not make sense but we really want to be in the heart of the community and then combine that with our desire to meet the need of broken lives it's been something of a I said two Corinthians isn't it about being compelled we feel we, we have to go do this so that's what we're going to do. Just, um, yeah, yeah, pray for us, hey? Um, what, what are we going to do if you want to flick over to the next one? Um, just a, a different way of looking at Isaiah 61, just to pull out those different verbs uh, in there, to proclaim, to bind up, to release, to comfort, to provide, and to bestow. Proclaim comes in there three times. I have to say I'm particularly excited about the opportunity to go proclaim. Um, you know, they've been praying for a preacher, and here I am. <laughs> so I get to preach to non-Christians and Christians alike, and that's going to be just a massive privilege. And obviously, Sarah, um, more so in the kids' side of things, getting kids off the estate. And um, I just feel, honestly, I feel provoked uh, about proclaiming specifically again and again I was encouraged with with Chris's word last last week and I feel God is on the move and and I know the church is 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 a lot of ways been silenced and it's time to speak out again to go again you know that's the the great commission um you know we we know these verses Romans 10 and the likes how can people believe in the one whom they've not heard Oh, we need to go again. And I want to encourage you in that. And I've got just a very, very simple example. Um, I worked for 15 years in IBM. Um, and, you know, what? that was a really barren time for me in my evangelism. It's something I prayed about, wanted to reach people and didn't really have fruit. I tried this, that and the other, but just didn't really get anywhere. It was only last week that many of you heard the prophecy that we got and it was talking about um, just a symmetry really between our ministry life and our work life um, and it was two days later that I was sat having a cup of tea with one of my colleagues and shared what we're doing church-wise and about our faith in a way I, I don't exaggerate that I haven't done in 15, 17 years um, in IT and 
for me, it was just, again, it's a confirmation. God's on the move. So when we're thinking about proclaiming, I know it's something that, um, you know, some people are well up for, others think, that's not really me. But I want to encourage you again. God is on the move. Um, and indeed, courage is one of our values. I want you to, to go for it again. Um, again, we don't have time, but I was quite blown away with the other verbs that are listed there as well. And this is why we need a whole church that can do all these different things. I personally am very excited about being able to go proclaim, but we're going to be doing lots of binding up. We're going to be doing lots of releasing, uh, comforting, providing, plenty of providing, and bestowing. I'll come on to bestowing later, something I think very close to our hearts. It, for me, it reminds me of our culture of honour, bestowing on those that the world says don't deserve anything. So those are the people we're going to. That's what we're going to do. The last bit, which is pretty exciting, is what is in our kit bag. What do we take with us? Because the need is daunting and I don't have answers. I can see all the different situations in people's lives that I just simply haven't come across before. And I don't have the experience. I don't have the answers. But have you seen what God has given us to take? One is just good news. We start there. This is Jesus himself. And to see Jesus, what was the, the song about God being the answer, Jesus being the answer. Um, it's just superb. It's just, you know, my favorite Bible verse is good news of great joy for all people. And to be able to see people um, just set free through this good news is just, just quite amazing. Or a new heart where there's the, the broken heartedness. Where people have, have got no hope, they're able to go and bring a new heart through Jesus. New beginnings, a fresh start. Freedom. We have found out this particular area of Lillington is, um, is actually pretty active in the occult. Who knew? We're going to go bring freedom, spiritual freedom. Um, the year of God's favour. Excites me quite a lot because this is ultimately God's character of abundance, God's blessing, God's jubilee. And we get to go and take that. I think most sermons probably gloss over day of vengeance of our God. But we take a serious warning as well. People need to stop messing around. Do you ever notice that, we haven't got time, but um, when Jesus created it, he stopped short of that bit and just stopped at uh, the year of God's favour. You know, I guess we we take some of that with us as well. Jesus saying, you know what, the focus is on the year of God's favour, um, but the day of God's vengeance will be delayed. You know, and you've got time now to repent. Um, so we're pushing that back, but we're going to warn people to stop messing around as well. But Crown of Beauty, absolutely amazing. This this um, church is called Crown. Actually, just because the area of Lillington is called Crown that they're on. And yet this crown of beauty to those that uh, do not have hope, those that the world has really kind of somewhat given up on, the funding cuts and all that kind of thing, they, they, we get to go and say, look, you're beautiful, you're royalty, you're valuable, you're precious, we put a crown of beauty on you. That's honouring, right? And that's what you guys have, have helped put into us for the last four years. That is going to be an awesome privilege 
and wrapping up Oil of Joy and Government of Praise as uh, part of the Marshall Family Mission. We're going to laugh a lot, and uh, you know, I, I can see it already that's going to be the answer in just a number of situations where the world just runs out. You know what? We're going to have to laugh. We're just going to have to laugh at that, and we're going to have to praise our way through it. It's just coming in that garment of praise. We're going to join together and just praise our God, and you're going to have your downcast face lifted up. So that's in our kit bag. That's what we're taking with us. And where do we end up? The last bit is simply as oaks of righteousness. That's where we want to see there, oaks of righteousness planted by God for the display of his beauty. You could say is to celebrate changed lives, which is is very much at the heart of Jubilee here. So there you go. That's what we're going to do. I have the microphone, so I was going to take the opportunity (laughs) to just thank each and every one of you as well. And we can't do justice to, to say thank you, really. But four years ago, it's not as dramatic as being one of those on, on the list that we've just gone through from ISI 61, but we did come somewhat brokenhearted and somewhat downcast, uh, somewhat despair's too strong. But um, we're leaving four years later, still a work in progress, but with, with crowns of beauty, actually. Our heads raised up to go proclaim some really good news. Um, and I just want to honour a few of you guys, if that's okay, because some of what you've done is, is just amazing. And I'm going to call out the worship guys because we've had a precious journey of experiencing God's presence together. Um, I think Tom's gone out. I was, I'm not going to name everyone, but you, my friend Darren and Tom, it's something to come into a church where you're a little bit wobbly in your gifting um, of worship. And these guys um, just, wow, they epitomize honor, right? Um, just to be able to lead worship and they continue to say that what you brought is so special again and again and again. Um, and you just didn't hold on to worship as your own. You just allowed me to be myself. You allowed me to, to experiment in my own ways and, I'll take that with me and I just appreciate that so much um, and there's many others right that have encouraged me to worship alongside Mr Firmage he's not in here and as he's belting his heart out for Jesus is quite quite special um, just precious really precious but then the leaders as well Steve Rob Simon many others as well uh, never ending grace right you've through my wobbles and my fumblings uh, you've never stopped encouraging me, um, never stopped encouraging me. And your attitude as we go has been amazing, the generosity in releasing us. Um, we just know we come with your full support, and that's that's amazing. So I just uh, thank you. Right? Real privilege to be part of this. Um, we're going to go and do a jubilee back in Leamington. That's what we're going to go and do.